Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Work Hacks with Bossy Skirt. Hi. How's everybody doing? Excellent. Good. We always end up talking our heads off, and so I never get to say, learn more at www.newradiomedia.com exactly like it sounds, .com or www.bossyskirt.com. Both fantastic resources for you to learn more. Okay, now that we got the housekeeping out of the way, I want to dive right into a topic that we started talking about last week offline that really became uh, interesting when Alana, the grown-up of the group, said, I'm not even sure how that works. How am I the grown-up of the group? You're the grown-up of the group. I'm, I'm not the adultiest the adult here. You are. Just you kidding. absolutely are. Uh, That's I wanna... the first. <laughs> Welcome to Most your role. Most mature. Most mature. So, chain of command. It is a real thing. And I think because of the ease of communication that social media has created for you digital natives, it isn't always a concept that's understood. And if you're not careful with it, it can bite you right in the ass. So, here's like the the sort of textbook definition of chain of command is everybody has a boss okay so uh, i'm the president of a company i have a boss he's the ceo of the company he has a boss it's the investors of the company everybody has a boss and if you have issues at work or challenges at work you report those issues to your boss if your um, reporting of those issues is somehow unsatisfactory, you didn't get the result that you wanted, you didn't think that you were heard, you want to do what's called quote-unquote escalation, that's when it gets tricky. So a lot of times the mistakes that young people can make is they might not like their boss, their issue may be with their boss, and so what they're going to do is go right around their boss to their boss's boss. I'm going to send him a text. I'm going to send him a tweet. I'm going to throw my boss under the bus and get my case heard. Uh, and although your issues may be very legitimate, if you take that very inappropriate approach to it, it can completely torpedo what it is you were trying to accomplish. So those are like the basics of chain of command. How has it been a big topic around here? <laughs> it's a safe space, it's, Tony. It's a good. It's been a question of whose boss is whose. Usually, that's then that's and that's kind of the thing. We're just I not think. sure who to go to when we have certain questions about different things because you have like tech questions or how do I run this questions or when is this supposed to happen and you don't always know. So uh, who does, can answer what? And I think some people all like to have this idea that they're more powerful than they actually are or that their bosses might not they they might be the ultimate boss but they still have a boss uh -huh. know, things like that everybody does so um there's always a decision maker which sounds like that might be what you guys are struggling with which might be different than actually uh, areas of ownership so it's important um, really to understand that those are two separate things so something that might be helpful that might not be here because let's face it we're all startups right now um, but an organizational chart can often uh, clarify who is responsible for what so if an org chart doesn't exist at least having a high-level understanding of the basic buckets that responsibility fits in, that can be helpful. But then when you're trying to resolve specific issues, sometimes you can just say, who's the decision maker on this particular topic? And then that makes it really, really simple. You guys are all looking at me like, wouldn't those tools be nice? Well, I like that because it's like asking, I, I think that's part of it is like, you see, you get the, you have like, 
the flow chart or whatever per se of like who you're supposed to go to mm-hmm. and then there's like how it actually works you yeah. know and, and then who you're supposed to go to won't the be moment. there when you need them <laughs> and the person you're they're supposed to answer to is out of town for the week it's like yeah that does happen that's that's a very real mm-hmm. thing you know if my immediate boss is the place where i'm supposed to go and my immediate boss is unavailable if it's what I call a fire drill, it's something that has to be answered right yeah. now, then you're just going to escalate accordingly uh, with whoever can be there to help you uh, navigate that decision. But there are times if it's not a fire drill that you, you have to sit on it and wait, which I know can suck. But Well, and I think with the fire drill issue, I think that's part of it, too, is you get these very heated situations where you need somebody to make a decision and then somebody does make a decision and then their boss isn't happy that they made a decision. Yeah, it was the know? wrong thing to it do would, or something. Exactly. You know, that's something I've I've been I've been struggling with and seeing. And I think that some of it, too, is just coming to grips with the fact that nobody actually for 100 percent knows what they're doing. They're just making their best call. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? That's true most of the time, babe. That's life. Exactly. I started to realize that (laughs) we don't come with a a happiness hack book for life. It's you figure it out as you go through it. That's exactly right. And that's how it is. So the way I think about chain of command is really the way I think about life. So if I have an issue that I want to get resolved and I want to give my boss the opportunity to resolve it for me, if I go around that boss uh, to his boss or her boss's boss, then I have failed to give my boss the opportunity to fix it for me. And very often, especially if you're working in a larger organization, the first question that they'll ask you is, have you discussed this with your boss? Mm-hmm. And if your answer is no, Somebody's then you look too. like a douche. <laughs> you do. You look like you're a narc, quite yeah. quite candidly. Yeah. And you look like you're... Trying to get them in trouble or something. And almost. like a coward. Like, I'm not comfortable telling my boss about it. Really. But you're comfortable telling your boss's boss about it. Yeah, right. So that's one of those... Uh, it oftentimes is an emotional decision when people go around other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're feeling that way, sometimes it's good to, like, take a step back and realize, wait a minute, you know, I'm just... I'm angry about what just happened or I'm frustrated because of the situation so let me take a breath let me take a step back and then think about the best way I can have this conversation with my boss I think escalating it accordingly is really where I've like struggled too and seeing as you know or like something I see like young us young people like to struggle with is sometimes it'll go from we have a complaint and we don't want to say anything about it and then one day it'll just be enough Mm -hmm. that it just snaps and then you're like okay straw yep exactly the straw that broke the camel's back and Mm -hmm. it's like uh, then it then it then it becomes a bigger issue than it actually is you know it's then if you would have just said something in the first place that's exactly right so here's here's my advice there um and this stuff is hard i know and especially the first handful of times that you have to do it it can be really uncomfortable but really the answer is You have to go to your boss. Again, if the answer has been unsatisfied or the issue has gone unresolved uh, and you are going to escalate it, all you have to do is give your boss a heads up that you're going to escalate it. Yeah, that's that's let them the know. hard part. Exactly. Be like, I'm going to your boss because we can't seem to figure this out. So let's bring him in. Now imagine how much easier it is to have that conversation. Have you shared this with your boss? Yes, I have. What did your boss do? Nothing. We don't they get were along. Do they know you that know, you're he here? Does, he thinks this and I think this. Okay. Higher up guy breaks the difference. Yep. And I told my boss I was going to be meeting with you. Now Mm -hmm. suddenly all the focus is on the actual issue and not the approach that you took to get it heard. And he said, she said. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely see that now, though. Now that you say that, it it, it all comes rushing in. It's like... 
it, people, you know, it, it becomes less about the actual issue and more about how people handled the issue and the personal, the personal feeling that everybody's getting all offended by because you did something or you undermined them or, you know, which half the time it, isn't even the case. Yeah, and it becomes it becomes a measuring contest, you know. <laughs> exactly. Everybody gets caught up in the process. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I totally got that reference. Yeah. I, was just, <laughs> I was letting it slide. Comes all about the BDE. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah, they don't know the word. they don't know the meaning of the acronyms. We don't have to explain them here. Uh, yeah, totally agree. That's a fantastic example of how the the whole purpose can get completely overshadowed. Uh, by the approach. And that's the other thing is uh, that I always try and tell people is um, your definition for conflict is pretty easy. Ask yourself, uh, will something productive come from me saying this? If the answer is yes, you must act. And if you if the action that you take is appropriate, if you follow the steps of the chain of command, if you're honest with people as you go, no matter how uncomfortable that three-minute conversation has to be, then it's all about the issue. And you, it's easier from there. Absolutely. You what you want to discuss and what have, what you've brought up about it already. and then. Yep. So it's, it's really funny. The steps that we take to avoid uh, those hard things create that need to so happen many anyway. more problems. Yeah. I often find myself padding it a lot of the time, which is like, it's not it's nothing with you, but, you know, it's this is the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, softening. back to last week's episode, right? If, you, if you're specific that your feedback is about the behavior and not about the person, then it's also much easier to talk about the issue. It really is. Yeah, and sometimes issues happen. Like he said, it's like a built-up, so you just snap at somebody, and then you guys finish doing what you're doing. If you realize that you were in the wrong, you can go back and apologize. It's it's not a foreign thing. Exactly. That's uh, that's happened here. I've gotten kind of rude to people before when stuff was stressful and it wasn't working the way it was supposed to or what I was saying wasn't being heard. And afterwards, I go back, sit, and think, I'm like, wow, I probably should have been a little more calm about that. And apologize to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I read once that the vast majority of early career lessons are about people and dealing with people and learning all of the, you know, do's and don'ts on what it takes to work effectively with people. It takes practice. But you guys can get there. And then the other part of this, though, that uh, I really wanted to talk about with you guys is the social media aspect of it. Because a lot of times, and you guys have probably heard some of these stories in the news or maybe not as much as I have because I tend to be super interested in it. But people um, can leave the scorched earth work email (laughs) in their trail on their way out the door uh, as like the ultimate revenge. Uh, So whether it's, you know, a blog post that makes it to Salon or a group text that makes its way across the company, um, they're they're much more often than used to happen because, again, I think social media has created this opportunity. Everything's going viral. They just want their 15 minutes of fame to say everything they want to say on the way out the door. And really, it's not a benefit because once all these other companies see how much crap you're talking about the place that just lets you go, they're not going to want to hire you either. Yeah, it's That's a burn bridge. I, love yeah. you. I was going to say, burn think bridge. about that kid that just recently got... Um, fired because he spit on the pizza mm-hmm. at Little oh. Caesars because he was protesting the working conditions and the picture went viral. Like, you're probably going to have a hard time getting a job 
I want to say anywhere, yeah. but especially in the food service kid industry. Got, kid got brought up on charges, I think, too, yeah. actually. Yes. I mean, Disgusting like, and repulsive. So just, I mean, just to kind of rope that into current events, you know, and it shouldn't be current events, but yeah. And doesn't that confirm every person's <laughs> back of house kitchen food nightmare <laughs> ever? Oh, oh, gosh. I wonder how many people... Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. You don't want to know. No, I don't. I I don't wonder how many people actually. We're gonna skip that question. Yeah, it makes my stomach hurt. Uh, but yeah, but Kelsey already nailed it because again, you guys are so on top of this. But what you choose to do in the moment, thinking that it's it'll okay. haunt you. Yeah, thinking that it's okay because I'm leaving anyway. So I'm going to clear my conscience and say everything I wanted to say on my way out the door. You do that in any digital form, and pardon my French, you are fucked because that's going to stay with you (laughs) for years. For years. Yeah, so. Absolutely. um, So the way I would say it is if you have bad resentment, type out a little memo, write it in a journal, and throw it away. That's really Do not go posting advice. that online, blazing the internet, because it's not going to do you or anybody else any good. It feels good for like five minutes, and then you feel horrible about it. Actually, let's talk about that more when we come back from the break. I have some thoughts there already. Thanks, everybody. As a business owner, you're always looking to save money and cut costs where you can. And if you advertise on radio or television, you know it can get pretty pricey. Radio and TV aren't delivering like they promised, and you're looking for a more reasonably priced way to get your message to the masses, got an answer for you. New Radio Media. With live streaming and on-demand programming, your message can be seen throughout the day, and you can worry a little less about cutting those costs. For more information, go to newradiomedia.com or call Buzz Van Houten at 248-939-9999. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. a quick shout out to that fantastic music that's by the firelights you can go to converse.com they have a fantastic website where they offer royalty free music samples for up and coming bands and that's my favorite firelights gotta check it out okay shameless plug over with I want to go back to what Kelsey was just talking about because uh, I know we, we're, we're tangenting here a little bit but I think this might be helpful for you guys as well alright so when we left for the break Kelsey's saying okay I'm really pissed off so I'm going to put it all down in writing and then I'm going to put it in my journal and throw it away. Mm -hmm. 
uh, that would be great if you don't have to respond in writing with something at work. So other than the scorched earth, let me leave my uh, resignation letter out there for the World Wide Web to see. There are times when you'll have a situation at work, something will happen, a meeting will go bad, there might have been um, an exchange that happened that you feel bad about, you referenced that one earlier. So there are times when you do have to still put something in writing. If you're feeling angry, frustrated, vengeful, petty, upset in any way, that's not the time to put something in writing. Nope. In any situation. In any situation. (laughs) That's a big nope. You're exactly right. (laughs) But here's the thing. So uh, in this digital world, we all know pretty much everything can be recovered. Anything that you put in writing can be found again later. Mm -hmm. So even sending that to yourself... Uh, could still be recovered someday. So what I always tell people is write it to yourself, put it all down, and then stick it in your drafts because it's just going to sit there, right? Now go take a break, take a walk. You're giggling. I was going to say, you could just write it all down in a notebook and then light it on fire. That'd make me feel way better. (laughs) Did you see her on on fire? Yeah. Assuming people still use pens and paper, I agree entirely. But let's say that you're actually stuck in the digital space and you might accidentally create a record of this. Make a little memo about it. Yeah. So write it all down, stick it in drafts, and then go take a break. And then go to the break room, rock around, whatever you need to do. Come back, read it again and imagine that email showing up on the company newsletter. Now, whatever it is you want to go back and change, thinking through that lens, okay, this is going to be on the front page of the company newsletter. What would I change? Mm-hmm. That's what look at a lot of like, No, I'm just I'm thinking a little... like there's company newsletters. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting a little sick That's just thinking you. about that. <laughs> then cool. you rewrite it yeah. in a way that makes you feel more comfortable that everybody would see what you wrote. When you've then taken a you can hit send. Yeah. yeah. So that's the way to handle that. And always make sure it's going to who it's supposed to be going to. (laughs) If you have a problem with somebody who's like a peer of yours and you go to send them a crabby email, make sure it's not going to your boss. Absolutely. What? What is this? Uh, What did I do to you? Oh, and, what, and what's even worse is then your boss sees that you're a crabby person mm-hmm. who treats other people like shit. Because let me tell you, <laughs> bosses hate that. Oh, you're super nice to me and you kiss up to me, but you're an absolute asshole to your fellow coworkers. I don't like that either. No. So, I watched your Facebook brown nosing. The brown nosing exactly. one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I can't stand those people. Uh, but anywho, they're... I shouldn't say that so strongly. I won't put that in writing. Uh, but yeah, so you're not fond of them. <clears throat> there you go. I'm not fond of them. Well, I guess it's because I'm not. I'm not fond of of poor performers. And then you know people who kiss up to try and you know preach it. Uh huh. Or to you know create a different impression. Because I'll tell you that the truth of the matter is there are bosses out there. I call it managing up because I don't like the term brown nose. Even though I made a whole video about it. <laughs> there are bosses out there who are very responsive to managing up. Uh, and I know we're not a political podcast, but Trump is a really good example of that <laughs> mindset. And so, if you have a boss who is very susceptible to people who manage up, then that situation beca- can become really toxic because. I would never want to compete in that space, but when you are with other people who are competing in that space, it can get really uncomfortable. But, you know, that's a, that's a podcast for another time. Mm-hmm. Is there any, anything else we want to talk about? I was going to ask you, um, what are your thoughts on exit interviews because of this same topic, like leaving, you know, kind of just throwing your hands up in the air, burning bridges, et cetera, et cetera. Like, there are a couple instances where I think, you know, I should have been afforded an exit interview type of thing, you know, upon quitting or resigning from a position. But, like, it's just not been 
an option. Mm-hmm. And like, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think it depends on the company's culture. So I think that there are some companies that genuinely embrace an attitude of uh, constant improvement. And I think those companies, first of all, those are the ones who are likely to offer exit interviews. Um, and they're the ones that are most likely to take the feedback uh, as, you know, solid, informative. The key is the type of feedback you want to give. So the exit interview is not the time to burn a bridge. The right. exit interview, I want, I would like everybody to think through that exit interview as if you were the CEO reading this. So if it's filled with a bunch of he said, she said, petty slights that you've been carrying around on your back, drop that bag of rocks. Don't even bother. But if there are some really helpful, specific, and pragmatic objective things that you've seen that the company can improve on, Lay it out there, including who in the organization would be responsible for fixing them. Because back to sometimes the chain of command doesn't get followed because people don't take action. The exit interview can be a great opportunity to call out who was the stop, who was the problem, who was so the blocker. So it is appropriate to actually call out people. As long as it's not petty. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, how do you rip into somebody <laughs> kindly? <laughs> not kindly, them. objectively. So, okay, we'll role play. Okay, so Mr. Bill, the boss who, uh, let's see, I don't know, give me, give me an example of uh, somebody who would be blocking something that was valuable at work. Oof. Like, all right, I'll, I'll give you a stupid one. The the uh, the employee cafeteria food sucks. Okay. 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 And that can really matter to people because it's a big, big source of morale. And so the guy who's in charge of food and beverage has heard complaint after complaint after complaint mm-hmm. and does nothing to improve the quality of the food. Oh. That's a really good example of how you know what the food sucked as long as I've been here. The salad's always wilted. There are bugs in the food. So and so who's in charge of charge of food and beverage has heard this complaint from all of us, and the food's been exactly the same for the last year. Mm. It'd be great if you took a look at it. That's an example. So things that may have affected your time there but didn't necessarily uh, cause your reason to leave. Oh, now we're getting deep. Do we have enough time? (laughs) We do have a few minutes. Yeah. No, if you're leaving because of a specific individual, Mm -hmm. I would strongly recommend you take the opportunity through the exit interview to call that out. Because you said it earlier at the... How cute is she? Remind me. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just have to throw this out there for myself and others who may be listening and not know what exactly in about a minute or less, because I don't want to go over your story, is an exit interview. Is it you telling your boss things that you want to tell them when you are quitting? No. Well, Well, yes. I mean, so in essence, here's what happens. You leave a company. usually happens at bigger companies. You have to turn in your keys. You have to turn in your Uh parking pass. And so when you're going through mm -hmm, picking up your last paycheck, and when you're doing that, the HR department may have a survey for you to complete that asks you to tell us why you're leaving. So so Alana's question is, so let's say I'm leaving because my boss was an absolute asshole do I use the exit interview process to let them know mm. and if he's the reason for the departure absolutely yeah, he could be making other one, people's lives but hell, what if he's right? the one performing the exit interview then he's not going to care <laughs> Yeah, then there's absolutely <laughs> could you ask no somebody else point. to look at it or have somebody or, else sit in you okay, might ask somebody from HR. Yeah, I would oh, love okay, to give you sense. my feedback, but could somebody from HR sit in on our discussion? That does well, sense. but at that point, too, also, is there, like, a point where you just say, like, I'm not, I guess I don't agree with this company and just say, I guess got to leave it all together just and just outie. say, yeah, or you got to say, like, I don't know, you got to, like, yeah, you got to take it to somebody else. I'm sure you could decline to do I an interview if ask. you didn't want to say anything. You'd just be like, you know what, let's just part ways. This never happened. <laughs> 
So back to me saying earlier, you only create conflict when something productive can come from it. Mm -hmm. If you think that they want to hear your thoughts and that you think that there's going to be some reception to your ideas, absolutely you should share them. If you don't think they give two shits, I'm with Kelsey. See ya. You guys can Out. keep on keep on sinking without me. Yeah, right? Absolutely. There's no point in trying to get your voice heard if the person that you're speaking to doesn't want to hear it. You're just going to waste your breath. But you guys, I, I really need to give you the business side of this equation because yeah. have you guys all heard, oh, everybody's always complaining that millennials and Gen Zs are these huge job hoppers? Mm -hmm. yeah. So the reason why they complain about that is because it's really, really expensive to constantly hire and retrain new yeah, employees. training can be expensive. So good companies want people to stay around. So if there are some legitimate reasons that are causing your departure, a responsible company's gonna they wanna, wanna know. know. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they wanna see if is there a trend? Is there a red thread, so to speak? You know? Yeah. Is there somebody we need to sit down and have a conversation with? <laughs> yeah. And quite honestly, I've I've given several exit interviews. I've never given one with my direct boss. It always happens in HR. So usually you feel the comfort level to be candid about what it is that's driving your departure. I wouldn't want a job hop. That seems exhausting. Yeah, although honestly, let me fill out this application, this application, this application. Let me work here, quit, work here, quit, work here, quit. You're not actually ever learning anything new, I feel like. You're just getting the beginner traits at whatever place you go to next. You got to put time into it to see all the scenarios and equations that happen throughout I your would, time. I would agree. So how long do you think is long enough? I figure you should at least give any job you're at six months to a year. Totally Before agree. you just I throw in the towel too. and quit. Because totally agree. Because things can change in the matter of two months. Things can change in the matter of a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't come work for me for three months and then quit. That's BS. Yeah. No, That's, stick it yeah. out. So at the risk of pissing off every employer out there, my advice to you guys would be get a new job every year because you are at the stage where you need to be amassing as much ex as experience as much experience as possible. However, the the exception to that rule would be if you think that where you're at, you have a really broad opportunity to learn lots of different things, which startups provide that opportunity, mm -hmm. by the way. Bigger organizations, yeah. functions are really siloed, and so you don't get to learn as much. But if you get to really learn a lot of different things staying at the same company, that's a really good opportunity. As is what can be a great opportunity at larger organizations is the transfer opportunity to move into totally different areas. But you really need to think about your first 10 years as amassing as many experiences as possible so that you can A, figure out what it is that you love doing, and B, become become more valuable to potential employers because your experience has become so broad. Boy, did I just spit wow. that out so fast. <laughs> well, you know, I had Kelsey looking at me with the whole, uh, you know, Jenny, we got to wrap it up. Now, the last thing I did, I, did I have time for one more yeah. thing? Yeah. I wanted to talk really quick about your guys' cups. Oh, yeah. So I have this thing called you got to keep your cup full, which that means you got to keep your soul fed. You have to feel happy and healthy spiritually, intellectually, emotionally, physically. Mm -hmm. So you guys are all into self-care, and I get all that all day long. And everybody wants work to help feed the self-care. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to introduce this concept of when your cup is full, you do better work. So it's very important for you to think of work and life in a balance that's not just a buzzword because when you are taking care of yourself on on, on all four of those planes you are going to perform better at work so i don't think self-care is some weird chick trend i think it's hugely important when it comes to work advancement is that generational do you think absolutely not i've been talking so so cupful means your soul i've been yeah. i've been focusing on what keeps my cup full for years because okay. i know i perform better at work i'm there for my employees i'm thinking better i'm more critically uh, actionable and appropriate when my cup's full. Hmm.
Very interesting. I see that for sure. I, like I mean, always too. when my cup's half empty, <laughs> I'm not working very well. I'm not doing a good I job. I always try to be doing something here or visiting with family or seeing friends or doing side projects or... They say exercise your brain. And so I think the challenge becomes for you guys to figure out what does keep it full. Because I can have a shit weekend and come back and be completely empty and now have to be on at work for the next five days. Or there are activities that just absolutely make me feel refreshed and ready to tackle it. So spend some time thinking what fills your cup. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. Well, that's it. Okay. www.newradiomedia.com for more. Bossyskirt.com for more. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Thank you. Ah, low budget movie version. 60s TV version. Early 2000s high school pseudo adaption that eventually grows into the geek we all know and love version here. I'm getting paid a lot of money to be here, so listen up. Watch the Geektainment channel on newradiomedia.com. It's geek approved. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at newradiomedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live.